0: Of, uh, Case, they really have it out for you, don't they? Did you notice you're the number two man last night and number two again Wednesday night? Uh, I have not figured out how this guy is getting out of it. They don't even mention Aaron. Uh, you know, I think that he would be a prime candidate uh, to take my place uh, at 75. <laughs> and uh, But uh, Case... That's all right, you're a good sport, you are. Thank you so much. It's been a good day. Every day's a good day. Amen. Do what? That's right. That's right. Uh, who, who's making the pies depend on who wants to get one, right? If you have your Bible tonight, I want you to turn with me to the book of Second Kings, the book of Second Kings, chapter four a passage of scripture that certainly is a tremendous passage of scripture to me and even more so now than ever before. About the sufficiency of God, God is more than enough, amen? I've always said that I believe that there's not a problem that God cannot solve and there's not a need that God cannot meet, that no matter what it is that you and I have, uh, God is able. And so tonight I want to share that with you. Beginning reading in verse 1, it says this And there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet unto Elijah, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditors have come to take unto him my two sons to be bondsmen. And Elijah said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, What is I in thy house? And she said, Thy handmaid has not anything in the house except a pot of oil. Then he said, Go and borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, and borrow not a few. And when thou hast come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him, shut the door upon her and upon her sons who had brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass that when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed or stopped. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go and sell the oil, Pay thy debt and live thou and thy children of the rest. What a tremendous passage of Scripture. I believe Scripture from the very beginning to the very ultimate end. And I believe that everything that is written from the front to the back is for you and for me. And that what God has done in the past that God's able to do in the present. Miracles have not ceased. I believe that God is still the God of miracles. What I want to do is take us through this passage of Scripture real quickly, and then at the end of the passage, I'm going to give you four things that will literally change your life. If you've ever had a need, if you've ever had a problem, my friend, this message tonight is for you and for me. Let's look at this passage of Scripture for just a moment. I want you to think about the biggest need that you've ever had or even the greatest need that you may be facing even at this moment. Think about it for just a moment. But I want you to notice that in Scripture, I want you to notice this woman's need and how large it was. The Bible said that she came crying to the man of God. Have you ever been there? I said last night that many times that we're smiling on the outside and we're crying on the inside. I'm finding myself to do that more and more. Many times in my heart, my heart is broken, it's heavy, and, and I'm smiling and thinking, trying to express that everything's good when it's not. Have you ever been there? The Bible said not only did she come in despair, but I want you to notice, secondly, her husband had died. I used to say that I could never even imagine that. I would tell people that I I, I would imagine, I wouldn't know, but I could not even begin to famine what it would be like to love somebody with all of your heart apart from your relationship with God and then all of a sudden lose that mate. But folks, I stand before you tonight to say, I do know. And I know the heartache that this woman must have went through. Her heart was broken. Her husband had passed. She was in despair. The Bible says in verse 1 that now the creditors have come. Have you ever been there? Now, I'm not talking about just financially, but have you ever been there when it seemed like the world was asking of you more than what you had to give? That you had done everything that you could do and it just simply wasn't enough? Have you ever been there? But the Bible says that not only had the creditors come, but now they wanted her two sons to be bondsmen. You and I know that in biblical days you paid your indebtedness. If You were not able to do it the next of kin or the next of kin or the next of kin, but somebody was going to pay that indebtedness. And so the creditors were warning her two sons. Have you ever been there? I'm talking about have you ever been there when you were smiling on the outside and you were crying on the inside? Have you ever been there when it seemed like that your heart was just literally broken and, and it was falling into pieces and it just seemed like that nothing was coming together? Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there when it seemed like the world was wanting more out of you than you had to give? Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there when you'd done all that you could do and and it seemed like the weight of the world was upon your shoulders and your back was against the wall and, and the thunder was thundering and the lightning was flashing and the rain was falling? Have you ever been there? This woman was. And many of you and I have been there. You see, my friend, first of all, God cannot meet your need until you're willing to admit you have a need. Until you're willing to stand before God to simply say, God, I cannot do it. It seems like that, God, that I cannot go on. That, God, I I just simply need you, God, to perform a miracle in my life. She pours her heart out to the man of God. And he asked her, he said, what do you have? She said, I don't have anything in the house except a little pot of oil. I imagine this woman had done everything that she could do to try to pay the indebtedness that was old, trying to save her two boys from being bondsmen. And she said, I don't have anything. I've sold it all. I've I've given it away. I, I, I don't have anything except a little pot of oil. That's all I have in the house. The man of God looks at her and he says, here, Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home, and I want you to go out, and I want you to borrow vessels, empty vessels, and borrow not a few, borrow as many as you can. When you get those vessels, bring them into the house. Shut the door. Take that little pot of oil that you have and begin to pour into those vessels and set aside the vessels that are full. Now, you think about that. You think of how in the natural that seems so ridiculous. I can imagine this mother going home and boys are waiting on her and they see her coming and they run out and they say, Mom, Mom, how much money did Elijah give you? And she said, "Boys, he didn't give us any. So, well, Mama, when is Elijah going to come and, and talk to the creditors? And she said, He's not coming, boys. What did he say, Mom? And she must have set those boys down and said, You remember that your daddy was a God-fearing man. And your daddy taught us that we walk not by sight, but we walk by faith. And that God's ways are not our ways. That God is so much bigger than what we are. This is what he told us to do. Go out into the neighborhood and get vessels. Get as many as we can get. Get empty ones. Bring them into the house. That little pot of oil that we have, we're to take that oil and pour into those vessels and set aside that which is full. She said, Boys, I don't understand it. I I can't see it, but that's what he said, and that's what we're going to do. They go out into the neighborhood and they find vessels, empty vessels. After they had gathered as many as they could, they bring it into the house. The Bible said they shut the door, and Mama said, Bring me a vessel. The boys bring a vessel before mama. Mama takes her oil, and she begins to pour into the first one. All of a sudden, that oil kept running until that first one was almost filled, and she said, bring me another one, and they scooted another one over. Mama moved over to the second one, and the oil kept running. When it became full, she said, give me another one. Probably one of the boys said, give her that big blue one. I know there's not that much oil. They scooted that big blue one over. That oil just kept running and kept running. Until finally the mama said, bring me another vessel, boys. And the the boy said, mama, there is no more vessels. And the oil stopped. There's a lesson right there. God is a God of sufficiency, but he's not a God of waste. The oil stopped. She goes back to the man of God and she says, I got all of this oil. What do I do with it? And notice what he says. He says, go and sell the oil, pay your debt. Now, that's pretty good right there, amen? I mean, if we just stopped right there, that would make a Baptist shout right there. I mean, if God would just simply come tonight and just simply say to you, whatever your problem is, I'm bigger than your problem, that whatever your need is, I am your sufficiency tonight. And if God would just take away your problem or meet your need tonight, that would be shouting ground. Amen? Because some of us in this room tonight are facing problems, and some of us have great needs. But you see, God wasn't through. He said, you go and sell the oil, and you pay your debt, then you and your children live on the rest. You see, God is not only a God of enough, but he's a God of more than enough. It is God's good pleasure to bless his children. God cares about you. So I want to just give you four simple lessons tonight that can change your life. Now, if you've never had a problem, then this message is not for you. If you've never had a need in your life, then this message is not for you. But if you've ever had a need or if you have a need or ever had a problem and do have a problem, this message is for you and for me. So what are the lessons that we can learn from this passage of Scripture? Here's the first one. Blessings come only after obedience. Now think about that for a moment. Blessings come only after obedience. She gets a word from God, she obeys the word, and the blessing came. Now, the reason I say that is simply this, is that, my friend, you and I like to bargain with God. We like to say to God, well, God, if you'll just begin to open the door, God, if you'll just begin to show me, I promise you, God, I promise you, God, I'll do what you want me to do. But it'll never happen in that order. The blessing will never come until you and I do what God tells us to do. We must be obedient. Faithfulness is not where we're not, but faithfulness begins where we are. You see, so much in our life, folks, the truth of the matter is we don't need more truth. We just need to obey the truth we already know. Because in many of our lives, we know what it is that God wants us to do. But we're not willing to do it. And then we wonder why in the world that some way, somehow, that God doesn't just some way uh, miraculously move into our life and do the supernatural so that the world will stand back and be amazed at what God does in the life of his people. And it's not because God is not able to do it. It's simply because we are not obedient so that he can do it. Every miracle in the Bible always happened in this order. They got a word from God. They obeyed the word, and the miracle came. For instance, you remember Peter? Had toiled all night long, took nothing. But you remember Jesus told him, launch out into the deep and let down your draw for a draw of fishes. Do you remember what the Bible says? When he let down his net, he enclosed a multitude of fish. He never caught a fish until he did what God told him to do. Now, folks, I want to tell you, natural, if it, me, I've toiled all night, had been washing my net, tired, worn out, wanting to go home, and all of a sudden Jesus said, Herman, I want you to launch out, I want you to let down your net, your nice clean net, for a I draw, I, I, I was said, no, Lord, look, I I know you're a carpenter and I'm a fisherman and I know how to fish and I fished all night long, Lord, and I, I didn't catch a single fish, but I tell you what, God, if you'll just let one fish jump up out there, because I'm not really convinced there's any fish out there, but if you'll make one fish jump up, I promise you, God, I'll go and lower my net. But that wasn't what Peter said. Peter says, nevertheless, at thy word, I'll go. He never saw a fish. He never caught a fish until he did what God told him to do. Have you ever thought that if he wouldn't have went, that he would have missed the greatest miracle of his life? The greatest man. He caught more fish at that time than any other time in his entire life. I mean, you talk about a fishing tail. The Bible said that they can close such a great multitude of fish that they had to call their, their partners to come and help them, and they filled the boat till they almost sank. I don't know very many fishermen has ever done that. But Peter did. But if he would have disobeyed, He would have never caught a fish. And I've often thought, how close are you and I of experiencing the miracle that only God can do in our life if only we would do what God would tell us to do? Are we missing it simply because we can't see it, we don't understand it, so therefore, We won't trust it. Always remember, blessings only come after obedience. You must do what God wants you to do. Let me give you one quick, simple illustration. Salvation. When did you get saved? You know, I I wish, I I, I really, I thought of this. I, I, I wish I could take salvation and just every church I go to is just sprinkle a little here and a little here and a little here and a little here and a little here. And, and those that don't know the Lord, they would just get a little taste of the Lord. Amen. I, I, I tell you, they'd all want him in then. Amen. But it doesn't happen that way. It didn't happen in your life that way. We heard the gospel, but we were never, ever saved until we obeyed the gospel. And the moment, as I said last night, the moment that we opened up our heart, the moment that we trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, the moment we repented of our sin, at that moment, instantly, we became a child of God. We were born again. But it did not happen until you and I responded to the gospel. Never. Many of us heard it many, many times. Amen. But we were never saved until we did what God told us to do. So blessings only come after obedience. Let me give you the second point. Second point is he could only fill empty vessels. Did you notice that throughout the story? He says, go and borrow what? Empty vessels and borrow not a few. Why did he say empty vessels? Here was a woman that had lost her husband. Here's a woman that had a great indebtedness. Here's a woman that her sons were going to be taken bonds with. I, I mean, have you ever thought, why didn't he say, look, go out into the neighborhood and, and, and pick up as many full vessels as you can get? Why did he say empty vessels? Well, the answer is obvious. Because you see, if they would have brought full vessels into that room, there wouldn't been any room for what God wanted to do. God could only fill empty vessels. And when I saw it, I thought, wow, God, you know, I mean, in my life, God, I, I don't want to be so full of myself that, God, that there's not room for you. See, many times in our life, we say, well, God, this is what I think. God says, I don't care what you think. Well, God, this is what I'm going to do. God said, I don't care what you're going to do. It's not about you. It's about me. And until you're willing to be emptied, you cannot be filled with the Spirit. People ask me all the time, say, Brother Herman, do you believe in the Spirit-filled life? Folks, that's not even an option. It is a command that we're to be filled with the Spirit. Amen. But could it be that our life is so filled with so much junk that, my friend, that there is no room for the spirit of the living God to live in and through our life because it's all about us and not about him? And we bring our little vessel before God and say, here I am, God. I got a need, God. And I want you to do something supernatural, God. And God says, wait a minute. There's no room for me. There's no room for me. It's all about you. It's about what you want. It's about what you can do. If you be emptied, I'll be able to fill you. And I'll be able to do what only God can do in your life. Wow. So he says, get empty vessels. Get empty vessels. And notice what he said thirdly. Get not a few. Get not a few. Have you ever thought of that? See, I told you the other day, I I am weird about thinking about stuff like this. But uh, have you ever thought? Let's just say, let's just say, you you can get this. Let's just say they go out into the neighborhood and they bark, Five vessels, five vessels. And they bring five vessels into the house. And she said, okay, get my oil. They get her oil. She pours into number one. She says, bring me another one. They bring in the next one, the next one, the next one, the next one. She says, bring me another one. The boy said, there is no more. The oil stopped. She puts her vessel down. Not counting her vessel, how many did God fill? Five. Let's say they brought in seven. How many did God fill? Seven. Let's say they brought in ten. How many did God fill? Ten. Say they brought in two. How many did God fill? Two. The only limitation God had in that room that day were the amount of vessels that were placed before him. God could fill five. He could have filled ten. He could have filled a hundred. He could have filled a thousand. He's God, but he could not fill the vessels that were not placed before him. You see, there's not a need in this room that God can't meet. God can meet one need. God can meet five needs. God can meet 20 needs. The only limitation that God has in this room are the vessels that are not willing to be placed before him. Well, God, I'll do it my way. I said, okay. You do it. How's it working out for you? But you see, when we can put ourselves before God, then there's not anything that God can't do. So are you getting it? Blessings only come after obedience. He could only fill empty vessels. He could only fill the amount of vessels that they brought into the room. He can meet your need. He can meet my need but he can't meet the need of the person that's not willing to admit they have a need. Let me give you the fourth thing. Only God could get the glory. Now here's another one of those weird things I think about. I don't know how they, she goes back to the man of God and he, she says, I got all this oil. What do I do with it? He says, go and sell it and take the money and pay your debt, and you and your children live on the rest. Now, I don't know how they sold oil in that day. I could see them saying, boys, get the vessels, and they take them down to the, to the seller, to the buyer. They go in and they say, we got this oil we want to sell. Now, I don't know if they weighed it or whether he tasted it, but I believe this. I believe that was the best oil that man had ever bought before. And somewhere in that conversation, he must have said to that woman, where did you get that oil? And you know what she had to say? I didn't get it. My God gave it to me. Let me tell you about my God and his greatness. Amen? Wow. You see, my friend, the reason that many times in our life that God doesn't work the way that we want him to work is because if he did, we would want the glory. We say, well, look what I did. Look what I did. Look what I achieved. My friend, it's not about you. It's all about him. That in our life, that God will glorify himself. That when the world looks at us, and they say, well, "How do you do it?" We just have to simply say, "I didn't." My God does. I told you Sunday morning, I, I'm just as human as anybody in this room, and I told you this morning that I haven't gotten over it, and people tell me I never will get over it, and I probably won't. But people ask me, say, "Brother, how do you go every day?" so broken so torn and I just simply tell him it's not me it's God God gives me strength every day that I didn't have yesterday you see it's not about me it's all about him we all have needs you have needs I have needs We all have problems. I have problems. You have problems. But God just wants us to empty ourselves so that God can fill us, so that God can miraculously work a miracle in our life. But He can only do it when we're willing to be obedient. What is it tonight? that's standing between you and your miracle? What is it tonight that you need to lay down? You say, well, you know, it's just a little. Like, oh, If it's keeping you from what God wants you to experience, it's a big thing. It's a big thing. What is it that's standing between you and your miracle tonight? Would you want to be a Peter and Go back to the shore and walk off and never experience the multitude catch that he caught? Or would you want to be like him to say, Lord, I don't see it, I don't understand it. God, I've tried it. But nevertheless, it's your word, God. I'm going to go back. There's some of you tonight is just one step from a miracle. One step from a miracle. And if tonight you just let go and say, God, I got a need. God, I got a problem. I, 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 Lord, my back is against the wall. The weight of the world's on my shoulders, God. God, I'm smiling, but I'm crying. God, I hurt. What is it tonight that's standing between you and your miracle? Would you lay it down tonight? Maybe your greatest need tonight is to be saved. God has spoken to you. God has convicted you. God has encouraged you to take that step, but you've never taken it. My friend, you'll never be saved until you're willing to do what God wants you to do. You've got to surrender you got to give your heart, your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to turn it loose. You've got to be willing to die in order to live. You're just one step away. Maybe tonight God wants you to take that step. Maybe tonight you came in this room tonight and this message was just for you, just for you. Maybe tonight you're facing something that, you've never faced before. Maybe tonight you're going through something you've never gone through before. (laughs) And maybe some night you lay on the pillow and cry yourself to sleep. But God's still on the throne. God says, hang on. Trust me. Trust me. And see what I'll do. Take that step, that next step, and it may be the biggest miracle in your life if you'll let go. Amen? Let's bow our heads. With the heads bowed, eyes closed. I've already preached. Some of you have never heard me before, but I've preached here long enough you've already noticed. it, uh, Folks, I, I'm not going to beat you down this aisle because I I, I, can, I can't. I can't give you a miracle, but God can. I want it to come from your heart. Somebody told me, my son-in-law, he's a Christian counselor, and he told me, he said, Herman, don't hide your feelings. Don't keep it bottled up. Because the more that you keep it bottled up, the worse it'll become. Just be real. Some of you tonight have things that are hurting you tonight. Some of you got struggles, problems. And you're keeping them bottled up inside. God had you here tonight so that you can let go so that you can be emptied so that he can fill you how many would say tonight brother Herman I need a miracle would you just slip up your hand just slip up your hand and say brother Herman I, I need a miracle tonight would you just put it up and let me see it God bless you, you, you you, you who else I believe from every section here tonight, somebody raised their hand. Folks, we're not here tonight for a show. We're here to meet God tonight. We're here to let go and let God have his way. Listen to me real closely. The Bible says that where two of you agree on earth is touching anything, it'll be done in heaven. That whatever we bind here will be bound there and whatever we loosen here will be loosened there. You see, we cannot give you your miracle. But what we can do is to take our faith and agree with your faith that God is able to perform what God wants to perform in your life. So I'm going to ask you tonight, all of you that raise your hand, I'm going to ask you to lead the way tonight. I I pray with Put down the barriers. and I'm going to ask you to come and let somebody pray with you tonight. I'll step down here and pray. Brother Case is down here. Brother Charles is here. There's other ministers here. And let somebody just pray with you tonight. They'll not ask you your problem. They'll not ask you your need. God already knows what it is. But they'll take their faith and add it with your faith and ask God. To loosen his miracle. Would you do that tonight? Or would you just rather walk out of here? And not do what God wants you to do. He's more than enough. Will you let him? Father bless this invitation I pray. In Jesus name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. As they lead us in song, I'm going to ask you to come right now. Come on, right now. People ought to come from every section, every section. Somebody ought to come right now. Say, pray for me. Pray for me. Come on.
1: God's people said. Amen. I just want to remind you, uh, our office is open uh, like 830 to 435, I don't know, whenever. We have a prayer room right outside these double doors here. You come in through the office and go right there, and it's open 24 hours a day. If you, you need to pray, call me or call Brother Case or somebody, and we can give you the combination to the code and you you can come right inside the prayer room door. But just because the service stops, that don't mean we ought to stop praying. And uh, we'd love to pray with you. I, I think, uh, Brother Herman knows this is one of my favorite scriptures. I believe with all my heart, if we could ever learn to just let go and trust God. I, I'm so afraid that I'm going to stand before God one day and he's going to say, I had all this planned for you over here, but you wouldn't You wouldn't let go. You wouldn't trust. You wouldn't let go. And I tell you, I don't want to be like that. I want everything God's got in store for us. Ushers, would you come, please? We're going to take an offering up uh, tonight. And um, everything you give here goes to the evangelistic team here. What a marvelous job they've done. We could never say thank you enough. And the power of God has been on these two men in a wonderful way in these services.
2: Father God, we come here thanking you, dear Lord, for this opportunity of privilege and honor to hear your word brought to us tonight, dear Lord, in the greatest country in the world. Lord, we just stand here before you uh, praying that you'll empty us of everything but you in our lives and that you'll fill every need in there. And that when you work the miracles in our life, as you did for this widow lady, that we'll give you the honor and the praise and the glory for it. That nothing will be for us, only for your glory. We can't tell you how many times, and you already know, you've done it in our lives before. We pray now, dear Lord, as we take this offering, that it'll go forward for your honor and glory. Multiply it a thousand times over, that your name, your honor, and your glory will be lifted up. Forgive us where we failed you. We thank you for another wonderful night, honoring you, and get us all home safely. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Don't forget, tomorrow night, 6.30, service right here. Now, tomorrow morning is Tuesday. We have a little thing we call Shamgar here. And uh, Shamgar comes out of the Old Testament. He did what he could. He used what he had for the glory of God. And so us older men get together, or if you're off tomorrow, you're welcome to come with us. Uh, and about 8.30 out here in the Hills Perks area, we have coffee, and tomorrow we'll have some biscuits and Gravy and some sausages with mayhaw jelly up in there, and then we'll eat and fellowship. And then we're going to clean up the new building. Uh, take just about an hour or so to clean that up and everything. So I want to invite you to come with us, ladies. I'm sorry there's not enough biscuits for y'all because these guys will not share them. I guarantee you. But anyway, if you're free tomorrow morning about 8.30, right here in the uh, Hills Perks area, and uh, we'd be so thankful if, for the help. All right? Any other word? we got several going in for surgery this week. Uh, uh, Gracie had glaucoma surgery today in Dallas and, and uh, this morning, and is back home, and we praise the Lord for that. And, and Rhonda is having uh, back surgery on Wednesday in uh, Baylor Uptown in Dallas, I think is where it is. And then uh, uh, Daniel Golden is having back surgery Wednesday, uh, and that's here. Is that here in town, Mary? It's here. Okay. Uh, so remember him, and then my wife having surgery Thursday morning in uh, Addison Methodist Hospital. It seems like there's one more I'm forgetting about. This is the week of surgeries, but yeah, oh, yes. Thank you, brother Tommy Dorgan. Many of y'all know Tommy, uh, Pastor. I still call it North Longview Baptist, but uh, it's, it's center cross now. Thanks for the name of it. But they went in to do a heart cath on him today and there was so much blockage. They just put everything back together and he is having surgery, open heart surgery tomorrow. Uh, are they finding out? Do you know? Hey, is what it was. Okay, but it's. A, okay, so remember Tommy and uh, his family there, all right? All right, would you stand together, join hands across the aisle? I love to tell the story. It will be my thing.